You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Hi, folks. Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. Today, we're going to talk about the Montana Wolf Wars. You know, before the European settlement of North America, uh, commencing in earnest in the 17th century, the gray wolf inhabited lands from coast to coast and from northern Canada to central Mexico. In fact, this wolf enjoyed the widest distribution of any land mammal. Estimates of the wolf population in Montana in 1800 run as high as 200,000 animals. You know, the adult Montana wolf stands about 30 to 38 inches high, weighs from 80 to 125 pounds, and stretches from 5 foot uh, to 6 feet long, including the tail. He can live more than 13 years, although most do not reach 5 years of age. At a full run, a wolf can hit 40 miles an hour, but he maintains a more normal slow trot of 5 miles an hour in open country for hours. As a result, a wolf can cover as much as 100 miles per day. Uh, though a normal day uh, course in search of food uh, covers maybe 20 miles, uh, a, regular, uh, a wolf's regular hunting area usually only takes it in about a 60-mile area and usually kind of sticks close to that. But you can see this is a pretty good-sized animal. Uh, now, the wolf, of course, is a carnivore. He kills to eat. He accepts a lifetime mate, lifetime mate, but if that companion dies, he will breed with another, and together the pair raises a series of litters, uh, each of which can number six or eight pups or more. Now, the tendency of wolves to form a pack results from both the family's social organization and the size of its prey. For example, a pack of 20 wolves uh, may form to stock a buffalo or a moose, but uh, that number is pretty high when you're hunting for a ground squirrel. I mean, that's not even an appetizer, right? You know, uh, with the Lewis and Clark expedition in 1805 and 1806, uh, William Clark, in his uh, journal, wrote this down. He said, Some immense numbers of elk, buffalo, and wolves today, or saw, 
the, the wolves do catch the elk. He said, I saw two wolves in pursuit of a doe elk, which I believe they caught. Well, hard on the heels of Lewis and Clark of uh, that expedition, uh, here comes the fur, travers, fur trappers. And descending from the north and uh, coming up the Missouri River from the southeast until 1840, however, the fur industry, that was pretty much, uh, going, they were going after the beaver trade. So the mountain men didn't pay any attention to the wolf uh, or his pelt. Uh, so anyway, the trappers really looked at the wolf primarily as a, a spoiler. Uh, he would raid uh, uh, animals from their traps uh, but the in 1850, however, the fur trade kind of shifted its emphasis from beaver to buffalo hides to wolf pelts to deer skin uh, because the buffalo were, you know, there were still quite a few there. But uh, the buffalo hide dominated uh, this skin trade. Uh, but nevertheless, steamboats uh, consistently uh, freighted wolf pelts down the Missouri River to St. Louis. The American Fur Company shipped only 20 pelts from Fort Benton in 1850, but just three, three years later, by 1853, that number had risen to more than 3,000. So uh, from a few to 3,000 just in three years. Now, during the mid-1860s, wolf pelts were annually uh, ran uh, between five and 10,000 uh, pelts were sold. But, you know, the abundance of wolves in Montana between 1860 and 1885 kind of spawned an uh, occupation peculiar to the Great Plains. This was a guy they called the Wolfer. Now, as long as the market remained for wolf pelts, uh, men who worked seasonally on the steamboats or in freighting or mining uh, resulted to wolfing during the winter because they had time off, right? Well, when the wolf pelt uh, became prime, uh, some of these entrepreneurs needed a stake of you know, maybe only $150 to purchase a season's worth of food and supplies, ammunition, and, yes, folks, strychnine. With hard work, a man could gross as much as $2,000 by selling the wolf pelts at Fort Benton in the spring for about $2.50 each. Now, the wolfer developed a relatively straightforward technique. He shot bison at about five-mile intervals in a circular pattern. He then implanted each carcass with strychnine. Now, of course, the wolves would trot in to eat the fresh kill and were poisoned. And a lot of times they didn't get but a few yards away from the carcass before they dropped dead. Now, some observers have estimated that wolfers annually harvested more than 55,000 wolves between 1870 and 1877. So by the early 1880s, wolfers had killed so many animals that wolfing became only a marginally profitable, and a lot of these guys just finally gave it up. There just wasn't as many wolves. Well, the Montana Plains wolf of the early 1880s faced no real choice in this situation. He could starve to death or change his diet from buffalo to cattle, right? So this switch placed the wolf in direct conflict with the Montana stock growers and the ranchers, right? For the next 50 years, the history of the Montana wolf comprises the story of the livestock industry's highly successful campaign to eliminate the wolf from the state. 
So the wolf long has preyed on domesticated cattle. Uh, the pattern developed in Europe even before it began in North America. Wherever settlers brought cattle into the wolf's traditional habitat, uh, for example, Plymouth Colony uh, placed the first American bounty on the wolf in, clear back in 1630. However, the open-range cattlemen in the 1880s, uh, using Montana's free grasses, they had a bigger uh, threat from the wolf. You know, just think about it, all these thousands of acres, and the cattleman really didn't see his cattle that much, and he really didn't have any control over their daily safety. They were just spread out too far. So economically, he could not permit the large number of wolves, Roman Montana prairies, to feast uh, on his herds. Well, the stockman cultivated a real hatred for the wolf, and, you know, the interesting thing, a wolf prefers a fresh kill. Now, the bad thing is he also will desert a carcass when he's eaten enough. So sometimes the wolf only may eat 20 or 30 pounds, uh, just the hindquarters and maybe the insides. That, I guess, was what they liked the best. So the rancher would find several dead calves on the range, and they were only partially eaten. So it's not like they ate the whole thing. Now, strychnine was not uh, the open-range rancher's only weapon in the crusade. Some cattlemen purchased packs of greyhounds and some other uh, blooded dogs to run the wolves. Others relied on traps, snares. They even tried to rope them uh, occasionally. I don't know how well that went. But, uh, and of course, rifles to shoot. Uh, one of the most effective methods involved locating a wolf den in the spring. Cowboys would dig out uh, the, the wolf den and sometimes just dynamite it which would kill the female and, of course, her newborn litter of pups. Now, some ranchers even hired cowboys who worked solely as wolfers on their range. Now, in the early 1800s, livestock associations, uh, they were needing some help, so they lobbied legislature to create a bounty on the range predators. Now, that included the bear, the mountain lion, the coyote, but especially the wolf. So the territorial government would pay $1 for each wolf hide. The bounty hunter uh, could then sell the skin privately, which usually brought about another dollar, maybe $2.50 is also. Uh, you know, that may not sound like much, but, but it helped out. Now, uh, the hunters, uh, uh, sometimes they had certain wolves that were famous. Now, there was one particular wolf, uh, and it was called... Livingston. And here's what the story in the newspaper uh, in 1922, so not that, you know, well, 100 years ago, I guess. Here's what it said in the uh, Montana Record Herald in 1922. And here's the headline, Hunter's Bullet Closes Career of Old Last Wolf. Now, Livingston was a notorious lone wolf said to have killed during his lifetime more than $10,000 worth of cattle on the range of a guy by the name of Wallace Hudicoper. And he was a well-known uh, Montana stockman and president of the State, uh, State uh, Stockman's Association. Uh, anyway, uh, the head, and this is what the newspaper continues, the head now is on display at the local taxidermist shop, and Mr. Hudicoper's cattle graze undisturbed. Now, it continues, for 15 years, Mr. Hodekaper says the demon ravished his cattle, slipped down almost nightly, nightly before the mountain, uh, from the mountains to kill a valuable animal. Now, year after year, all efforts to end the wolf's career failed, 
but a few weeks ago, the raider was shot and killed. Since that time, no loss of stock has been reported. Now, equally noteworthy is the development of what they would call the renegade wolf. Now, this was kind of a phenomenon that took place in the 1920s and 30s. Uh, the renegade wolf kind of represented an outlaw, a killer, that uh, eluded local stockmen and professional hunters for years. And ranchers named these individuals and kind of gave them some human characteristics so that the battle against the wolf, it became kind of a personal one. Now, perhaps the most famous outlaw wolf in eastern Montana was the Custer Wolf. Now, this wolf ranged from Montana into the western Dakotas. He became legendary in his escapes from traps and hunters. Now, here's what a newspaper story tells about his death. It says, quote, The master criminal of the animal world, the Custer Wolf, has at last been killed. The death of the cruelest, the most sagacious, and most successful animal outlaw the range country has ever known was announced with a sigh of relief by the U.S. Department of Agriculture last week. H.P. Williams, the department's best hunter, sent a bullet crashing through the animal's brain after trailing it for seven months through eastern Montana and western South Dakota. For nine years, the Custer Wolf struck terror in the hearts of ranchers in that section. Many credited the story that it was not merely a wolf, but a monstrosity of nature, half wolf and half mountain lion, possessing the cruelty of both and the craftiness of Satan himself. He loped through every kind of danger and passed them all. He sniffed at the subtlest poison and passed it by. The most adroitly concealed trap was as clear to him as a mirror in the sun. Four years ago, the Custer's wolf mate was killed, and it is popularly believed hereafter devoted himself to revenge for her death. Williams reported that the marauder weighed 98 pounds and measured six feet from tip to tip. So, story, uh, folks, that's the story of just a few of the uh, Montana wolves that ravaged through the country. And, you know, there's uh, a lot of talk about the wolves nowadays and reintroducing them. And so, you know, there's got to be a balance, I guess, somehow. And But there was a time when they definitely uh, uh, would wipe out a, a man's uh, cattle herd. So... Anyway, that's the story of Montana's Wolf Wars, and uh, you stay tuned for next week, and we'll see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.